and if a therapist is hesitant to say that then maybe you should seek other therapist candid conversations that might just change how you look at the world let's bridge cultures transcend borders and build a global family of change makers welcome to if by chance At some point, you or someone you know might need to seek professional help for their mental health. But how do you choose a mental health practitioner? And what does good therapy look like? I sat down with Sinran, a counselling psychologist, to find out. My name is Sinran. Uh, I am a counselling psychologist, a mental health practitioner from uh, Kolkata, India. and uh, i have been working uh, as a therapist for 4 years now i mostly see uh, clients between the age range of 18 to 35 and 40 because i feel most of the concerns are in this age range where uh, people do have uh, issues like stress anxiety or you know or work life imbalance relationship issues or exam pressure and you know pressure to excel And when it comes to anxiety, how do we know if it's anxiety versus just being nervous in a situation? Um, great question. Uh, being nervous is something that would last situation-based. Like, say, for example, if we had to record this podcast today, I might be nervous. So that nervousness would just last for five minutes or ten minutes into the podcast, or uh, at max in the podcast continues. so that's nervousness stage fright people do have stage fear so when they go on stage the first 5 7 minutes are difficult for them so that's nervousness but anxiety is something that it has no reason as such it might be triggered by uh, something very casual like you know getting late for office or getting late for uh, a party or you know if you have a party invite and you keep on thinking oh what do i wear i don't know what to wear will our people like me so that's basically anxiety where uh, you know there's no specific reason for it but you do feel stressed for a prolonged period of time stress is uh, as we say you know stress or nervousness is short period of time but if it is prolonged it's for a longer period of time and it's la- it lasts in basically every situation then it's anxiety is it different than social anxiety Yes, there is social anxiety. There is general anxiety. There is uh, different forms of anxiety. So, social anxiety is that you only get anxious when you have to meet people. When you're in a social setup, where you have to maybe public speaking, maybe uh, be host a party, maybe be in a gathering where there are ten thousand people. Uh, it's not necessary that you have to address those ten thousand people, but merely being as a part of that. party also makes you anxious so that's something social anxiety and people with social anxiety they fear going out stepping out of home as well because they feel that people are judging them i don't know what might be the reason for each individual uh it might be different for everyone but mostly it's they fear what people would think about them and what their opinion is and is it something that can be dealt with quite quickly or does it take quite a while See that depends whether it's anxiety or any other concern. So it depends on intensity, progress, and consistency of the person also to uh, seek help. So that depends, but of course it takes usually you know uh, six to eight sessions uh, to 
understand because the initial uh, few sessions we are just understanding the root cause of it we are understanding the history where all the, where uh, all of it started and you know how it started so it does take time so i do say therapy is a slow process and uh, people require patience for it but of course i also mentioned that you know progress is there would you say that anxiety is more linked to our unconscious sense of self so for those people that, that walk into, say, a, a social situation and they feel anxious and they know that they're being silly and that people aren't necessarily thinking bad things of them, um, but they can't connect with their unconscious self to calm themselves down, what sort of things can be done then? Uh, see, I would partially agree to it. It could be uh, something uh, unconscious or something conscious as well because it depends on what is triggering you. Is it some past experiences that you've had in a social gathering that is triggering you and then you realize that you don't want to get into a social setup or it is you consciously thinking about yourself. Like, you know, a constant self-doubt or you know constant uh, questioning about what people are thinking so that's something that comes consciously you are thinking that so that's a thought process uh, issue so we need to work on the thought pattern there and when if it is related to triggers from the past as i mentioned then accordingly we need to work on the triggers understand where the fear is coming from and then accordingly work on the fear try to help the client with you know uh, desensitization and helping uh, them with understanding how uh, or maybe the fear is irrational to some extent or maybe it was valid. I always say whatever they feel or think is completely valid because that's something that's uh, coming from within. But whether it's rational or irrational is the question to be asked. That That's a really good point in acknowledging when someone's going through this that the feeling is valid. Yes. Whether, whether or not everyone else in the room sees it in the same way, it's still okay that you feel like that. Yeah, definitely. So when somebody is trying to change their mindset, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do, is it? Oh, 100%. It's not easy. And uh, I usually do not use the term change because it's a strong term. What I use rather is modify because we can, we are nobody to change anyone's behavior, actions or thoughts. All we can do is modify it to help them live a balanced uh, life, to help them find their peace, their satisfaction. So I always uh, prefer to use the term modify because see today I might come in with certain traits which have built over time or certain thought process that has built over time. So I wouldn't like anyone changing me my thought process, my belief system. But rather if someone said, oh, can you tweak this, modify this a little bit, I would be more open to that. So, of course, it's not easy uh, to, you know, modify someone's thought pattern. As I said, you know, that's built over years. So I do mention to my clients that, you know, your thought process, your concerns, your issues are not of yesterday. It might have started to, you know, be in noticed a year back but they are somewhere or the other deep rooted in maybe even more uh, in the past maybe you have suppressed your feelings over and over again uh, unknowingly and now you realize that one incident has caused uh, a feeling overwhelming and then you feel that only that one incident is the trigger but that's not right or that's not true for everyone 
there might be a series of instances which might have led to this situation so yes it's not easy but it's not impossible i would say it takes time to work on personality issues to work on thought process uh as compared to other concerns like motivation procrastination or uh, self esteem issues do you find that there are common traits or perceptions that people have when they're experiencing anxiety and the likes for example they see the world in terms of scarcity in- instead of abundance oh there is a possibility uh, that there is a pattern in thought process like you know they feel that uh, people don't understand them they feel be- um, because uh, also how society or uh, friends or closed ones behave is like calm down that's the worst thing to say to someone who's anxious because they also want to calm down but they are unable to do so so you're making them feel that oh i am not being able to calm down of course they know that they need to calm down of course they know that they need to you know uh, relax so saying don't worry relax calm down is a big no i would say rather try and understand oh i know that you're going through this i'm here to help you out i'm here to understand you let's take deep breaths let's take you know a walk around uh, and so that's way how you can support the people but yes people who are anxious or go through anxiety do have a thought process that others do not understand that them or uh, they feel like you know they're unable to breathe or there are too many thoughts running at the same time overthinking is happening and that they can't handle it the most common one that i've found out is a feeling of breathlessness a tight tightness in the chest and yes, not being able to take enough air in. Okay. Yeah. So how often, if someone's feeling that, should they maybe seek help? Everything has its own duration. But uh, generally, if things have been prolonged for more than two weeks or two and a half weeks, it's better to seek help from a professional at an early stage rather than you know waiting for two months three months six months and then going in for therapy because i'm not saying progress doesn't happen then it does happen but the rate becomes a little slower than when it was at an initial stage for example if we have cough and cold and we treat it at that level then we don't go to the level of having a viral or uh, a higher or uh, you know fever but what we do generally we wait out for three to five days in a cough and cold situation and we see how it's going and then ultimately we go and visit a doctor after a week mm-hmm. so same it's you know just human tendency to wait but i don't think anything uh, will become right or be fine on its own we have to put in efforts if it's bothering us whether it's physical health mental health or anything else and if someone does decide to seek help and find a counselor Sometimes it can be hard to find the right fit. What should someone be looking out for to make sure that the counsellor is going to be most beneficial to them? A hundred percent. It is really difficult to find the right fit. Uh, I have seen so many uh, clients of mine who have changed therapists again and again. And I really appreciate those clients because it takes a lot of courage to seek help again and again. uh you know because asking for help in the first time itself is so difficult that you know if it doesn't work out people do give up after the first time try or the second try because therapy is not something that everybody is open to or you know uh is uh, okay with going to 
so i really appreciate uh, every client that comes in because i personally feel that it's not easy to seek therapy or seek for help but if they do i am glad that they do so and now coming back to your question of the right fit of course see i would also might not be the right fit for some or the other client so i am not in that denial phase that you know oh i can help everyone so your a therapist shouldn't be in denial that they can help everyone or a therapist should be open to accepting uh the flaws that okay yes this area is not my area of expertise for example i do not work with addictions it could be any form so even before the first session i can be very clear that you know if you are having issues with addiction or sexual concerns i'm not the right person because that's not my area of expertise i may refer you to somebody else so i'm not wasting their time i'm not uh, you know uh helping them uh, in a way that they have a bad experience with therapy and they don't go to therapy again so in that way i'm very clear and um for the client it's their right they can go and ask the therapist about their qualifications experience and expertise and if a therapist a therapist is hesitant to say that then maybe you should seek for other therapist because there is no harm in knowing um your therapist's qualifications or years of experience and knowing a little bit about their educational background of course personal questions wouldn't be entertained but if you're trying to understand their area of expertise it's the therapist's responsibility secondly you should always also see uh, how the sessions are going for you if you feel that you know something is bothering you the client should also be open with it uh to the therapist that you know oh this is not working out for me or maybe can we so do something differently sure and so the therapist has to be open to feedback and work according to the client of course uh, whenever required if the therapist feels that no this is something that will help the client on a later stage which he or she is not understanding right now then the client, uh, therapist also has to be firm in his or her own decision and explain try and explain the client that you know this is for your betterment we may take it maybe a little more slower than the pace but we have to follow this path as well so it shouldn't be that you know therapist is giving in with uh, all the client's feedbacks and whatever the client is saying then it's a friend not a therapist so i guess maybe we could relate it a little bit to a personal trainer you know yes. sometimes we have to go through some hard stuff to get the results that we're looking Definitely. for but we shouldn't be made to feel lesser or to be shamed during the session yes that's it you shouldn't feel like you know it's a burden or if the therapist is uh not validating your feelings or addressing your feelings so it's there's a way that you can do that like if suppose you come and tell me hey simran i'm feeling low today i did not feel like doing this i was uh, so i know that, that that that's lack of motivation but i cannot say oh you feel uh, low in motivation or a low in energy i have to use the terms that you've used so not adding my own terms is really important i'll say oh i i know that you might be feeling really sad it might be really difficult for you to go through the day so it's somewhere on the same lines as yours but me adding that you're feeling depressed while you've not mentioned it at all is a big no okay so your therapist shouldn't label you no label as well as add their own feelings maybe i know that you are uh, depressed but it shouldn't come from me it should come from 
you like you know depressed is a very common term that i'm using but like exchange of words you say you're frustrated i cannot use anger there although anger frustration irritation all of these belong to the same family but you use frustration and if i use anger you might feel that she's terming my frustration anger which is different just from tv shows and things mm. like that when we see somebody you know on the couch and often the therapist doesn't seem to add much to the conversation they might say well what do you think you know how do you feel but it it seems to be all on the the patient or the client what's your opinion on that partially agree to it because the initial one or two sessions do seem like that uh, because we are also new to the person we don't know them completely so we try to figure out but of course it's not just limited to oh, what's happening and what uh, uh, you know how are you doing today or what's wrong um it depends on how you probe for information as well the right questions the right uh, techniques to ask at the right time the right pauses a lot of things come into play but yes i would say initial one or two sessions are the client more speaking about their concerns so that we have a better understanding and we can help them better but later on if the same things are happening then i think you need to recheck okay so i imagine that a lot of people may give up within those first one or two sessions thinking that the therapist isn't doing anything i'm i'm spending this money but i'm not getting seeing any results no. so how how might a client know the therapist is doing a good job during those initial sessions if you feel like you're not really making any progress or you can't see what the therapist is going to be able to do for you so uh this is really important uh, for both the client and the therapist uh, as well to address this if i am taking sessions what i personally do is i take five first five minutes to inform the client what i am or what my qualifications are as well as how therapy looks like so i mentioned that it's a, a duration of this period of time i am known to these languages what we would do in the first two sessions confidentiality would be maintained and um i would also uh, give you some homework but it's a slow process so it might take time and even after that by the end of the session if the client uh, you know comes up and says that uh, can you help me today can you give me some solution so i do ask what is it that's immediately bothering you and that might require help because the concerns are a little more deeper than that and we might have to discuss in detail so i do give one and two things here and there so that they feel that they're taking back something but i do not give instant solutions because i feel those are temporary ones which might not work out Can you ask a therapist what your treatment plan is going to look like? Hundred percent, you can. But uh, I'm not sure whether the therapist would be able to answer that in the first session itself because uh, you're just uh, building rapport. You're getting to know and understand the client's concerns. Uh, unless you know they have specific, very specific concerns like just procrastination or just motivation issues or just self-esteem issues. So if it's very uh, or career counseling for that matter, so it, they know that this this is the only thing that they want to work on, and their goal is clear. In that, in those aspects, it's okay. You can ask for a treatment plan, and otherwise, also you can ask. But uh, that does change over the uh, time and over how the progress goes. Would that seem strange for the therapist if a client asks, "What might my treatment plan look like?" Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's not strange. People can ask what's my treatment plan or how uh, will I be moving forward? How how will therapy help me? How am I going to feel after this? Because of course, I do mention very clearly that, you know, uh, maybe after the therapy session towards the end, I uh, close or terminate the session by mentioning that, you know, you might feel good today or for half an hour or one hour. But maybe tomorrow morning you wake up with the same feelings that you had uh, earlier. And it's okay because therapy is not something that, you know, will bring overnight changes. It will take some time. So you need some patience and it's a two-way street. I come in, I give 45 minutes uh, or 15 minutes. I talk to you. Those That's my time. But after that 45 minutes, what you do for a week is your effort. So it's a two-way street. And um, I feel as honest and transparent both the client and therapist are in the session it's best for the both of them. Given that you're dealing with 18 to 35-year-olds and they can be pretty heavy social media users, do you feel that that is having a particularly negative impact on the people that you see? See, any, anything has both, both positive and negative, but yes, I would say in today's time, social media has played a major role in affecting how people view themselves, the perception that they have about themselves or how a certain uh, path in their career path or a relationship or a family should look like because there are so many people putting up so many things. So you have that pressure that, oh, this is the norm. This is the ideal thing. And in that, if your friends are getting married right now, what's going on is uh, the age range that you mentioned, everyone is either getting married or is in a relationship. So now you feel that pressure, oh, I also need to do because I also fall in that age range. But in all of this, I feel a person loses his or her own individuality or his or her own uh, initial thought. What do you suggest that people do when it comes to social media? Uh, I think use it as a form of entertainment, as a form of uh, feeling a little relaxing rather than taking the pressure of of fitting in. Because if you are an individual who expresses his or her own thoughts, uh, belief system, you will stand out. You will be someone who people would notice. But if you try and do the same things as others are doing, there's no difference. I'm not saying it's necessary to stand out and it's wrong to fit into a group, but it shouldn't go against your belief system. Like, for example, um, you know, uh, everybody in your friend circle likes a certain genre of movies, like, or say, they like to watch crime documentaries, but you are a person who likes more of sitcoms. So it's okay to put out your opinion that, you know, I do not uh, like crime documentaries. I'm someone who is a light-hearted person and I like sitcoms and I like to watch such content. And it's okay. Nobody's going to break your friendship or the relationship on this terms. Because see, at that point, maybe we agree, okay, I also like uh, watching documentaries and, uh, you know, that content. But later, six months, one year, we will feel really, it will be difficult for us to express again that, you know, let's go for a sitcom. Or let's go for a wrong go. And then that we might regret that later. So everything has its own cycle. You know, if you uh, try and hide your uh, feelings or opinions initially, it's only for a period of time that you would be able to do that. 
somewhere or the other in the future that will pop up that will come out uh, in some form or the other and when someone's seeing a therapist how would they know that they not fixed but have done enough of the work that they can stop okay great question i would say uh so uh, it depends uh, on the goals so what i do with my clients is after the first one or mostly the first session i ask them what are their expectations from therapy or what are their goals so i do have a basic structure in the first session or the second session itself that they have these five goals we work on those five goals and then we understand how the progress rate is and how things are going and if we feel that the client is able to manage themselves uh on their own like for example if they are having anxiety and i've helped them to uh, cope with anxiety so what do i do if i can see that progress and if i can see that they're managing well uh what i do is i ask them to you know instead of coming once a week come once in two weeks then later a uh, follow up in a month so that way reducing the time uh they come to a therapist or seek a therapist uh depending on the progress rate it would be important then that the therapist gives their clients clear goals so that the client themselves can see that they're making progress yes it's uh, on the therapist as well as the client as well because uh, the client has to define what they are expecting the client has to define what they want to achieve by coming to therapy whether it is just as a form of venting out whether it is of particular goal that they want to achieve or it's just that something they want to try out and they're not sure about it that's also fine because there's so many people who just come in to say that you know oh a friend suggested or oh, my partner suggested or oh, someone from the family suggested that you know you need to seek help so I'm sure so in those cases just hear the client out understand where they are coming from and maybe if they feel better they might come up for the second session they might not and how do you suggest people talk about the fact that they are undergoing therapy um i would say it's again individual's choice it's okay to talk it's okay if they don't want to and if they want to maybe start with a close circle close and individual and whom you trust and whom you know that you know they might not judge you or make any opinion about you would rather support you i know it takes a lot of courage to go and even tell that closed one but maybe uh if you're confident enough uh then i think people are opening up about it to their concerned persons and if you're not that's also fine you can uh, ask that to your therapist also that you know how do i open up or how do i go forward with it because uh today people are understanding that mental health is equally important and uh, you know there's so much i would say here again social media is playing a role in a good way that people are coming out with their issues and concerns and people are addressing them earlier probably uh, emotions and uh, feelings were made fun of to some extent if you were expressing them but now it's no more and people do understand what or at least try to understand what you're going through so i think um, if you are confident and if you want to take a chance to go ahead and express yourself so uh, people would understand is there anything that you would like people to know that you think's really important that they understand yes um i think uh, as we give importance to our physical health uh similarly we should also address our mental health mental health 
because we shouldn't wait out for that burnout to happen uh because uh then it becomes really difficult to um, move out of it or cope from it because uh physical health is something that can be cured with few medications and something but mental health is something that affects all aspects of your life it might affect your physical health it might affect your social life it might affect your personal life it might affect your family life so it's affecting all areas of life and creating a disbalance because your mind is not at rest your mind is not stable can you tell me a little bit more about burnout and what that looks like definitely so there would be you know i'll use a few statements as an example to explain like you wake up in the morning you feel like i don't want to go to work or you just have that irritation that oh again today it's a monday i have to go to work it's a tuesday i have to go to work so that pressure then when you're at work you feel distracted you don't feel like doing anything you feel like uh, i'm not being able to focus on the task or i'm not being able to do this particular task or continuously doubting yourself taking too much pressure going home and uh, having arguments with your family or your friends so not being able to sleep not feeling like or uh, changes in appetite so these are signs of burnout where you know or working overtime not meeting deadlines all of these are signs of burnout where you know that you know now it's high time that you either take a break or understand and uh, try to figure out a routine time management and why things are not working out and is that different than a breakdown many years ago i used to hear people saying oh that that person they 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 had a breakdown i i didn't know what that meant and i don't think i i do even now breakdown could be in any form it could be emotional breakdown mental breakdown physical breakdown so emotional breakdown is when you are overwhelmed with all aspects of your life like you know when something's happening that you're going through a situation in your life and you're unable to control your emotions so that's an emotional breakdown burnout is basically related to just your work so it comes with your work life and burnout comes there So if you say you're not able to control your emotions, do you mean people might burst out crying or get yeah. really angry or both those yeah, things? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. People either when they're overwhelmed or are unable to control their emotions, either they cry, either they uh, are really frustrated or angry or they shut down completely. Like, you know, become silent and uh, just don't express anymore because maybe they feel that uh whenever i have expressed my feelings the other person has reacted in a manner that they don't understand so they either feel that you know there's no point expressing so let's shut mm-hmm. down and might they withdraw and even physically remove themselves from their friendship circle yes so what happens there is when your feelings and thoughts have not been addressed or understood you try to shut down cut off from those people try to feel that you know nobody understands me try to start living more uh to yourself with yourself and feel like you know a sense of loneliness does come in there and you like to be more alone than in a group setting and as a friend what can we do um as a friend you can always be there uh and i always say that you know make the other person feel heard nothing else you just have to give your ear to them 
you don't have to force them to oh tell me what's happened oh you can cry you don't have to tell them show what emotion they want to just say that i am sure you can share whenever you want to take your time that's it mm-hmm. like you know for example when uh, there's a death in the family or in uh, your friend circle people tend to say cry it out you will feel better grieving is not just crying it out people may take cry on the same day may cry after a week they might cry after months it's a process some people might express their grief in the form of crying others might express it in the form of maybe just being with themselves so as you were describing earlier about what good therapy looks like that's the practice that we need to do with the people close to us in that we need to make sure that they feel heard and that their feelings and thoughts are valid and that we don't overlay what they have said or shared with our own opinion. Yes. Okay, that's really good advice. Are there any resources that you would recommend if somebody's not able to go and see a therapist and they might like to look into it? Definitely. So there are a lot of, uh, you know, worksheets or there are a lot of, uh, you know, tools online also. There are uh, certain applications as well uh, today that provide you those resources and it's available for free as well. So you can go look into it. And But I would always suggest that that may be temporary and all the information that's, you know, provided generally is not a hundred percent accurate because today we may know how to fix say something that's not working fix or refrigerator or fix an ac while looking on a youtube channel yeah. but we're not the expert so we may try and fix it temporarily mm-hmm. but for a permanent solution we might require a professional so uh, i would say seek a professional if you're unable to there are a lot of uh, techniques that you can use uh you can uh you know follow a therapist aid so that's a website which provides a lot of worksheets and uh, a lot of content related to mental health uh, it could be worksheets it could be uh, information sheets that you can read and understand what's going on and yes that's something that you can utilize and are there any other thoughts that you want to leave us with um i would say uh express yourself whenever uh, you feel like and uh, i know there might always be a fear of judgment but uh, at the end of the day you're going to bed with yourself with who you are so give priority to how you feel and what uh, makes you feel happy is i think i would leave you with today how we feel impacts everything in our life so if you could do with a mental boost be sure to check out the links in the show notes. And while you're there, let me know if you'd like to hear more conversations like this by leaving a message or hitting subscribe. Now, dear listener, it's your turn. Have you got something to add to the conversation? Then get in touch via the links in the show notes. Whether you have questions, a message of support, or resources that you think might help, we'd love to hear from you. And if by chance, you know someone with a story that will inspire others? Be sure to let us know. Your contributions help turn inspiration into action, drive positive change and make life just that little bit better. And if this conversation inspired you to expand your worldview, head to hellohuman.global to join the conversation.